Good evening. What? Am Hello. I? Are you on? Are you on? Yes, you're on. Can you hear me? Yes, it's it's breaking up a little bit, but wow. um. Okay. Yeah. Better. Say something now. Uh, hello. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I can hear you. Okay. Wait until some other people join the room, and um, while I'll do that, oh my goodness, every time Clubhouse has something new, as far as like how to uh, invite people, it always kind of takes me back. I'm like, okay, now what? Test, test, test. So, hey, Jerry. Hey, uh, Kendra. Hello, hello. I was just wondering. How was your week? Anybody do anything exciting this week? Weekend, let me focus that end. I made beer on yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> on on Saturday, sorry. That was pretty much the extent of it. Okay. That's always exciting to me, so. Yeah, it is. I get that. We're doing something new as well, so. We use our lab time uh, to try some new things, so. Okay. So Kendrick, um, you celebrated a milestone recently. Yeah, 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 man. Our two-year anniversary at the Pine Exchange. So yeah, it's yeah, it was uh, good to sit back and reflect on what all we've accomplished so far. So definitely uh, look forward to many more years for sure, for sure. Congrats on two years. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, congratulations. Keep at it. <laughs> hey, man. For sure, definitely, definitely. A marathon, not a sprint. It's what they what people keep telling me. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's see. I'm almost done, y'all. I have a lot of people that uh, actually follow me, <laughs> so I'm trying to make sure uh, some people want reminders. And um, usually we start about eight on so get people to try to have time to get it come into the room right. i think that's what i have i think Let's see. What's going on today, y'all? Hey, Rodney. How are you? 
It's a hot day in Atlanta. I can tell you that much. I know some people dealing with the heat too. So, yeah, we've been a nice, cool 108 for the last couple of days. I'm not sure what the temperature is today. Um, I just try to run in <laughs> and run back out. <clears throat> yeah, I'm getting spoiled up here. I'm getting spoiled up here. It was like 83 degrees and it felt like 80 or some shit. <laughs> that is nice. I remember those days. Um, yeah, no, I just wanted to say... Uh, Thank you guys for the uh, for the congratulations and stuff. So appreciate that. Um, I'm not sure if Chris is going to join us. I had the luxury of taking a nap um, today, but uh, we may not we may not get Chris. Oh, see, I talked him up. All right. Hey, Chris. Um, hey, William. How hot it is? How hot it is over there in Atlanta? Uh, it got into the upper 90s today, but we also had 80% humidity. So it was uh, sticky. Oh, it's like, it's like 102 here. Oh, wow. All right. You got me beat. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 really something we want to win. <laughs> right. I wouldn't mind losing that. Right, so it is one two. I think I've called everybody who I can think I can call. Um so let's get started. So welcome to being black and craft, where we don't apologize for recognizing our influence and craftier. We have um, a great guest here this evening, but before I turn it over to him, I want to know, is anybody drinking anything? Well, I am. What do you have? Then? Well, recently we were up, in, uh, up outside of Pittsburgh uh, doing a collab for Barrel and Flow. And I have a beer from Shoe Brew or Shoe Brewing, uh, and it's called Magic Mushroom, and it is a hazy IPA that is coming in right at seven and a half percent. So I'll be sipping on that for the next fifty minutes, or I might. So we'll see. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anybody else uh, drinking anything? I'm drinking a um, coffee stout from a brewery called Pilot Brewing here in Charlotte, and it's tasty. Six percent, so not too hard. Good. Okay. Nice, nice. Hey, Virginia. What's up? <laughs> a little scotch and water. That's about it. Okay. I'm trying to be fancy with your fermentation. <laughs> I wanted to pose a question that um, we talked about 
let's see, one, two, three. We have, Louis, are you a native Texan? Yes, I am. Okay. So we have a bunch of Texans in the room. Um, and then we have a couple of African-American Texans. So this Sunday is going to be Juneteenth, right? Yep. Um, how do you feel about other states celebrating Juneteenth? and trying to capitalize on it uh so just speaking as you know like a native texan um i grew up in a small town waco texas um and we used to go to to east side to actually celebrate um i'm not african american african american myself but I mean, that's, you know, I, I had a lot of friends that were, so, you know, we used to go to the East side and we celebrate with them barbecue, whatnot. But for me growing up, I always thought that everybody celebrated Juneteenth. So that was, it wasn't until maybe a few years ago that I actually learned that it wasn't something that was celebrated all over. So that's just me. Okay. Anybody else? Rodney, you, I don't know if you were clapping on you was raising your hand. Go ahead. No, I, hey, you hit the nail on the head. So up there in Connecticut, they celebrated Juneteenth last weekend. Like, what the fuck is that? But, but you're paying homage. I get it. But, I mean, it's Juneteenth. It's on the 18th or June 19th. So I don't, I don't know. I feel some kind of way about it. But at least they're in a majority white state and they're celebrating it? Mm, okay. So do you, um, so you, do you feel like it's being culturally appropriated at all? Yeah, it's, it's, it's being treated just like um, the 4th of July will, you know, will be. Okay. I mean, yeah. Okay. I think it's convenient. Mm-hmm. For for me, um, Juneteenth is a day of service for me and my family. And what we would do is we would go back to my dad's old neighborhood because he's the one that's from Texas. He's from Dallas. So he remembers when they were building Central Expressway that they would go and slide down some of the embankments on cardboard. So we would go and uh, go back to the neighborhood, which has been gentrified and is no more now, but um, have a barbecue from all the people who have moved on from that part of town and come back and serve the people that are still there. So whoever wanted the plate, I did not matter if you, if you just drove up and you was like, give me a plate. They serve barbecue, everything that has stuff for the kids to do. Um, it was like a fun time for for um, for service for for us. So, you know, I I just I just wondered um, how people were feeling about that because I know that other it's considered a national holiday, and it seems like 
for for me, um, I live in Texas and I can't have it all. <laughs> but other people in other other states they can have it all. So it's just like, eh, it's like a catch twenty two sometimes. But um, so William. We're going to be talking. I'm going to be asking you some questions. Okay. And, um, then we'll open the floor for other people to ask you questions, if that's okay. I am following your lead. So. All right. So, Konos? Konso. Konso. Okay. Oh, you, you know, I literally... Y'all, you know that was my my action item, and I went and looked and just listened to it again, and I tried to listen to it again, and it would not um, play. But I do have concept. All right. So, tell me how y'all came to having concept as the name of your brewery. Oh, okay. Well. Um... Uh, when we started home brewing, good gosh, almost a decade ago, at least nine years ago, uh, we would have, um, we would do like tastings. So we'd invite people out to the backyard. Some of y'all who follow us, you know, now, now we call it the shed. Uh, but we invite people over and they just taste the beer. And so uh, we got the nickname Brothers That Brew. Um, and once we got a little, once we got to the place several years sort of into doing it that way, um, we were like, well, you know, do, is this something we want to do as a business or we just want to be home brewers and, and, you know, have little cake parties in the backyard and share our beer that way? Uh, and we kind of took the thought about, uh, you know, a black owned brewery th that sort of took seed. And we actually tried to trademark Brothers That Brew. But there are so many components in Brothers That Brew that couldn't be trademarked. Because Brothers and Brew, those are very common names and a lot of brands uh, across the country. We wouldn't have been able to trademark Brothers and Brew. So uh, one night, um, um, as I'm prone to do, I'll, I'll uh, you know, go down different rabbit holes on the Internet. And so I found something about an ancient Egyptian brewer whose tomb they had discovered in Luxor. And that brewer's name was Kanso M. Heb. He was considered to be, uh, and he was in charge of the granaries, and he was also in charge of making beer for Pharaoh's court and directing how it would be made for, you know, a large group of the population. So, um, um, we adopted Conso from that. And it also provided a connection to the African continent and diaspora that would sort of share that story that it 
you know, everything just didn't, doesn't start in Europe. And then it, you know, and it, and, and that's how it just began. You know, a lot of us on here know about, you know, Mesopotamia and, 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 and Kasi and those stories, Egyptian uh, culture, beer was uh, very common, very accessible. Um, they also did have wine and other, other, other fermented beverages as well. But, um, you know, in ancient Egypt, they paid people, you know, beer was part of their rations, part of their, part of their wage. Um, you know, as we begin to learn stories that, you know, the pyramids weren't exactly built by slaves. It was actually, you know, workers, uh, that were engaged in, 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 in a lot of its construction. But, um, we, uh, sort of settled on the name, but there are three of us and we all three had sort of different ideas on the name. And we actually did a uh, survey monkey with the three names and Conso was the one that ended up with the most votes. So that's why we're Conso Bruin right now. Okay. Yeah, I just learned that there's actually um, three that make up uh, make up the company. So who are your other two um, beer brothers in arms? What are their names? Uh, Kevin Downing and Corby Hanna. Okay. So I know that they went to Morehouse. We have, we're, we're doing a Morehouse trend here because I think last year, um, Lennox was talking about Morehouse. Oh, yeah, So, <laughs> so um, but you went to a different college, right? EWI, yes, I did. So okay, I, so how did y'all meet up? How did y'all <laughs> get together then? Um, <clears throat> Corby and Kev were roommates towards uh, college and into their early 20s. So they met at Morehouse and became friends there. Um, I met Corby um, due to his work, he was doing community development work in the early 2000s. And I was involved in that space as well. So we would interact with each other in and around his community development corp and some of the stuff he was doing community related back in that period. Uh, but we didn't, you know, it was more professional interaction. Kevin and I met because our kids went to the same school. So we would just end up being kind of in the same space. And uh, we, but at that time we started like a dad's night out, which was typically one of the odd weekdays. So we wouldn't be gone too late, but we can go out for, you know, a couple of hours on a Tuesday uh, and, and go to some place that had a, you know, a happy hour or something like that. And um, that's when we, we first started really connecting. And then we were sitting at a place um, uh, over in the Virginia Highlands and we just started talking about business ideas. And one of the ideas that was floated was starting a, starting a brewery. And then the next question was, well, if we're going to do something like that, we need to learn how to make it. And that sort of is, you know, that brings us, you know, pretty much to, 
to where we are now. So that was the start of the journey, a conversation over beer. And then the next time I went to Kevin's, Corby was there and we were like, oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> so uh, that's how we all connected. So the first official Kansu brewing that you did as far as a beer, how good or how not so good was it? Can you remember? The first, the first one that was distributed, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> we contract brewed, which a lot of us do, and that's when you pay someone, uh, pay a brewery to make your beer for you. Um, um, was came out very well, but it's a, it's such a learning process. So yeah. uh, we we experiment with herbs and spices, sometimes fruits and juices and things like that. And one of the first beers had cardamom in it. Um, and cardamom is typically a baking spice, and and so. Um, um, but it has a distinct aroma and flavor. And, you know, the, one of the lessons was at the, with that one, not to use uh, ground cardamom because it, it, you know, it's like concentrate <laughs> when, when you mix it in. Okay. Uh, so what, what, what ended up being the flavor, uh, flavor profile to that since it was a little bit too much? Was it just, since it's a baking, is it was overly sweet? Was it like what was the well, taste it, that was like a little too much of? It was called, you know, it, it's called standing peach tree, and it actually had peaches and cardamom in it. So it still had a very peach profile, but over time, and you know, one of the things that when you're in the brew game, you sort of when you make beer, you set them a stop, a you know, you set maybe a case aside. And and each month you kind of pop one open, do a taste test to try to figure out what happens to it over time. Um, as we kept getting further into the months, the cardamom, especially on the aroma side, started. I mean, it 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 it, it got bigger. Um, so initially it tasted fine, but when you we got into month two and month three. Uh, and typically, you know, you, you the best period to serve serve a you know to have a beer is typically not necessarily immediately after it's ready. So you know, some people are like, oh, it's fresh; it just came off the line. Th- you know that that's good, but some you know sometimes some things are too new. And when you have flavors in there that you're trying to get to work together and complement, sometimes sitting for a week or two is not a bad idea. Uh, but over time, it be, just became more pronounced. So I w- I'm trying to think of what I would compare cardamom to. I know there's some folks in here who are familiar with it um, because it's very distinctive. Um, but... Um, that you know, uh, that was the you know we had that was the lesson on that one was, over time it became more pronounced, and I'm trying to think of what the flavor could be close to. If anyone else on here wants to, to to share what you know, <laughs> kind of what cardamom tastes like. 
Um, I think uh, they use it in uh, in Indian food. Yeah, nutmeg is 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 close because it comes from. Kumba is saying maybe like somewhere near allspice, kind of like allspice. It, it, it's between several of those. It's not the exact, but yeah, that would be. Uh, okay. But that was a lesson we learned is like, all right, you know, now we do it. And since then we've done it differently. We also did a beer with another spice. What was a, oh gosh. Um, oh, uh, I can't remember the name of the spice off the top of my head. And it ha- also had that same problem. So. Uh. Uh, okay. you know, so less, is, less is more. That's what that's what we learned. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes a lot less is just right. So. <laughs> so, um, if no one's ever went to Kantu's um, website, and I would do yourself a favor and go and look, because I was very blown away with the beer listings. Now I know that I can't get a hold of them, but the so detailed intention and just completely thought out of the beer because I know people put, you know, put out a lot of beers. Um there's different ones especially if you don't have like a um a standard uh, you know, four or five for your um, kind of in your wheelhouse, but to have a story, it's just not just just not a name. Like you have one that's called Pullman, and it's just not you just didn't throw it out there just for giggles. You had meaning behind it. You are giving education to people um, that they probably weren't weren't expecting but is needed because our history is so marred and so um changed whether we wanted to be changed or not so i love the narrative and i was seeing that you um so you are the beer art so you, you are you the person that you are the one that you know beer is your canvas are you the person that is making these narratives behind the beer or is that a collective effort? Well, <clears throat> everything is discussed. So, um, but I primarily sort of, you know, as we do this, being Black, African American, Black American, uh, and part of that diaspora around the, around the globe, is that our role in things is is often uh, excluded, sometimes intentionally, sometimes you know over time, just kind of forget, you know, sort of the the nearest green story and so many others that we were actively involved in making this stuff and, and making it well and and being a part of that sort of space as it relates to food, beverage, etc., so on and so forth. So we wanted to sort of connect, number one, to places in Atlanta, which is our home and the home where we're, we're raising our children and, and building, you know, uh, Conso. 
as well as connecting to the African continent and that diaspora uh, and, and showing that it isn't just a European thing uh, was always one of those points. But, you know, like the name Pullman uh, here in Atlanta, we had Pullman Yard. It was owned by the Pullman family who owned the rail system with the Pullman Porters, but the yard was where they fixed the trains. And it was the largest employer of African-Americans in the Southeast for a period of time. But a lot of people don't know that. And that's literally down the street from where Kevin lives. Um, Standing Peachtree was the original name, was the name the Native American uh, tribe that occupied this space called this area because it was near Peachtree Creek. And so where the original settlement that would become Atlanta was called Standing Peachtree. Um, and we have, you know, a, a variety of others and we sort of take into deep, you know, my two o'clock wondering, two o'clock in the morning, wander around the internet, just take time to, to find things that both honor, respect, the culture and you know kevin and i work really closely on uh, the recipes you know is is creating something that it becomes a medium to share that message you know we have a beer joyland that that we had up at barrel and flow last year and uh that's a neighborhood next to the lakewood neighborhood in atlanta and you know, that was the name of the African-American only uh, uh, amusement park in Atlanta because we couldn't go to the World's Fair across the street in Lakewood. So they actually, mm. uh, 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 an amusement park down there. And we, so we came up with a and, and what we consider, and a lot of people have told us, an excellent uh, spring, summer beer called Joyland. Now, some folks might just like it because of the name, but you know, uh, whether we're going to add QR codes or whether we, 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 we're, we're going to get our label game on point. That's one of the things we kind of let, let, uh, 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 blacks a little bit on. Um, but you know, we're, we're going to create sort of the, 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 the crumbs on the trail to help people sort of be able to go as deep into that as they want. And when you look at our website, we, we have links to these things so you can actually click on them <laughs> and, and see the story. Um, oh, you know, we did the uh, Ron McNair one, uh, Gizmo, that was his child yes. nickname when he grew up in South Carolina. They called him Gizmo because he was the egghead kid. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's... I thought that was hard. I thought that was really beautiful because um, he was just a just like a little bit of a blip in history, and if you weren't there during that time frame, you didn't know that there was a black astronaut that was, you know, a part of that uh, team. So I commend you for bringing his name up in putting it on a beer and giving him homage. I thought that that was just wonderful. That was, I mean, all of them were great, but I was just really kind of, it just gave me a warm and fuzzy feeling when I saw that. Well, thank you. 
and we we try to you know we whether it's individuals or whether it's specific places um or communities or neighborhoods we 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 <laughs> i have a list of names and often we make beer and we try to figure out which one which which one goes with the name um and uh we did uh we did the charles charles burley at the barrel and flow last year which was a tropical stout and charles burley was part of black murderers row uh back in the 40s and 50s which were black african-american boxers who never got a world title shot because they didn't want any of us to wear the belt so they never got to be the world champion they were the colored world champion but they weren't you know they you know, they wouldn't get it. They weren't given a shot to actually, you know, uh, uh, compete at that level. It was, you know, it was part, all due to Jack Johnson beating that guy in the 19, 1918, something like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I'm a geek. So I go and I figure out all these stories. <laughs> That's why I know, you know, one day we're going to do a beer. I was talking with Marcus uh, over at Weathered Soul about this, uh, you know, the Galveston Giant. That's what they call Jack Johnson. Uh, I was like, man, we could do, you know, and, and, and I sort of, you know, I geek out on the story. Marcus is geeking out on the beer. So, you know, we have that, that collab's going to happen uh, at one point in the, in the, in the future. And this year at Barrel Flow, we're doing a Torchy Brown. And it, that's not on the website yet. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm glad you brought up the website so I can go and update it. And Torchy Brown was uh a uh syndicated cartoon strip from the 40s and 50s that was created by Jackie Ormez an African American female cartoonist at a time when there were very few women cartoonists and they definitely weren't any black cartoonists that were nationally syndicated so um you know we're doing a crazy smoked uh wheat beer um for uh, barrel and flow uh with shoe brew um but you know that's the story that's the narrative that we want you know we want you know it's 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 we we get that sometimes people just want beer but sometimes you can learn a little too i'm just thinking of it as far as like you know when I want to have a beard now. I, I mean, my kids are four, have four legs, but if I was a parent and I can't necessarily go out to the brewery and hang out, but I have a great patio outside, I'm drinking the beer and then I'm able to do some storytelling with my kids about these phenomenal people that are in history that more than likely they're not going to learn in school. So it's a teaching from the kids to the adults so i can i can see how that's just an amazing thing so i hope that you do get um are able to mesh together qr codes to further that history along and maybe that will you know get someone else to explore even more about things that are not just right readily at them because we know you know the top 10 um, at black people that we hold 
in high esteem, and that's wonderful. But there's some other footnotes in history that need to be also shared and adored and appreciated. So I thank you for that. No, you're welcome. And and to quickly add, part you know, part of it is that as time goes on, a lot of our history has been left uh, on the side. In our, you know, in my opinion, and 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 I can say, Corby and Kevin, we all agree on it, um, or share uh, aspects of the opinion. So, you know, as I said. Joyland right now has a possibility of being at the new Brave Stadium. Um, but a lot of people are going to drink it just because it's named Joyland. It sounds fun. <laughs> but guess what? There's also a story to it. And someone might look at it and, 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 and just, it, 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 you know, we are in uh, part of, you know, even the, the conversations you have here, because, you know, I'm typically quiet during during most of these um it, you know we're we we can craft our own story and tell it our own way and we hope that you know we we pay attention to the quality of what we put in the can to sort of and then marry it with the story so we don't just you know we don't just go oh we gotta um uh, you know um uh, a pilsner here. Let's just stick something on it. We really spend time talking about. Well, if we're doing a pilsner and we're going to name it after an historic black-only beach, all right. So, what are we going to do? We we actually talk through the pop about how the quality of the liquid connects to the story that can kind of take you there in a little. And, you know, you know, we can encapsulate a little mini journey just there. You know, we 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 got and some are going to be collab a lot. I hope in the future as more African-American, black American owned breweries and even even Hispanic owned breweries and stuff like that open up that we craft collabs around a lot of these because there's just an opportunity uh, to use this liquid as a means to spur conversations around things that sometimes we wouldn't have an opportunity to. So do, do you have a brick and mortar location or are you planning to have one or just going to be uh, doing distribution um, like standalone? We are in the process of uh, raising money, uh, equity right now. So we are looking for investors. <laughs> um, we, um, so the goal is to open our own brewery. We're going to add to the other, the others in Atlanta, um, who are some who are open like Clarence over at Hip and Hops and, and, uh, you know, Skinny and Scales over at Atlantucky. I'm talking about, well, if we're doing a Pilsner and we're going to name it after a, a historic Black-only beach, 
All right. So what are we going to do? We, we actually talked through the pot about how the quality of the liquid connects to the story that can kind of take you there in a little, you know, you know, we can encapsulate a little mini journey just there. You know, we, we, we got, and some are going to be a lot, I hope in the future as more African-American black American owned breweries and even, even Hispanic owned breweries and stuff like that open up that we craft collabs around a lot of these because there's just an opportunity uh, to use this liquid as a means to spur conversations around things that sometimes we wouldn't have an opportunity to. So do, do you have a brick and mortar location or are you planning to have one or just going to be uh, doing distribution um, like standalone? We are in the process of uh, raising money, uh, equity right now. So we are looking for investors. <laughs> um, we, um, so the goal is to open our own brewery. We're going to add to the other, the others in Atlanta, um, who are some who are open like Clarence over at hip and hops and, and, uh, you know, skinny and scales over at Atlantucky. Um, but we plan to join that group at one point, hopefully in the next year. So we are raising money okay. uh, through equity to have some folks get involved, but it'll be to open. It'll take a blend of both equity and uh, debt in order to get it open and flowing and all that other stuff. So, uh, you know, the ultimate goal is, uh, you know, to give, um, a people a place they can go where they can experience <laughs> the liquid firsthand, but also the way we're planning it is uh, it allows for even a little deeper connection. Like the <laughs> I'm laughing because I was talking with someone who imports wood from Africa and I was like, Oh, I want our bar to build, be built from wood from Africa. And I have some Ghanaian dark wood. I, I, this is just stuff I do. But we, and then I shared it with the guys. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm connect, connecting the, the sort of the things. Um, you know, all the walls will have artwork and, or different artists are going to do, you know, and connect to the community. Um, um, I, I mentioned a little earlier, you know, Corby has been in the nonprofit world for 20 some odd years. I've worked in community development, education, the education space and stuff, typically in communities where, where uh, you know, it, it's our communities, for lack of a better term, um, but, but has challenges. So we're already you know, have a plan for our community component of how we're going to do things in a way that allows us to, to, uh, 
you know, create opportunities for people to look at us as number one as an employer. Um, but uh, you know how we can support, you know, fundraising efforts, all these other things. So we we uh, uh, kind of approach it from because that's where Corby and I have spent quite a bit of time over our over our professional careers uh, in that community development, community side education, uh, sustainability. We were just at. Uh, uh, truly, you know, we, we're working out even before we're open an alliance with, uh, um, um, food well Alliance, which is urban farms. So how can we support urban farms in Atlanta and how can you guys support us? Let's, let's figure out how we can have it flow both ways. So the part of the reason it is taking us more time is we think a lot. And sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes that's not so, such a good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we we're like, oh, we you know we get up, we get in our heads, or we haven't have something, and we want to take it and move forward with. But we're always brewing. We're always we're regularly brewing. I can't say always brewing, but but and trying new things and 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 playing around with flavors and blends and um um. You know, this week we did another Mexican lager that's going to be a little bit Mexican amber lager that's that's different from the one we did with the uh, Indio Brewing, the Hispanic-owned brewing in in Atlanta, uh, Hispanic-owned brewery. Um, so, yeah, what, you know, we we want to we want I, personally, I would I, we want to be open now, but you know that's it's a marathon out of sprint and sometimes it takes time. Understood. I understand that. Well, those are all the questions that I have for you. So I'm going to open the floor up to anyone that may have a question for William and Kansu Brewing. You mentioned something about Truly. So you're going to be working with the Seltzer brand? Um, I don't. The answer is no. I was trying to think of what I said that where I may have mentioned Truly. I maybe just got excited when I heard Truly. Sorry. <laughs> but. We've done seltzers uh, that have been well received. Oh, you know, um, we're looking at using full juice seltzers versus the ex. You know, like the ex kind of the way it's kind of done now. You use uh, extract, <laughs> but um, so we've been playing around with with you know having more fuller flavored. Um, seltzers. We're also looking at mineral water, like Topo Chico and stuff like that. Because, you know, we, we want our place to be a, a place where um, there's there's something for everyone. Um, we tip, so, it, you know, we're, we're, we're always looking to work with, with folks on that. In those spaces, as well as uh, Kevin Isle, like, hey, you want to make? <laughs> we made a cider last week. You, you get, you know, we 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 try it all, uh, but mm-hmm. we're so uh, um, 
that would actually be kind of fun though. Now, now you done put that seed in my head. I'm. Uh oh, he's gonna go on a deep. He's not getting going to bed tonight. Listen, I love it. it. I love it. I do this all the time with Angie. I plant the seed and run away. (laughs) Well, William, I you did a collab with Lost Druid, right? Yes, we did. Yep. Yeah. So those that's my favorite place for hard seltzer. Yeah. So if if Bob has been a good. No, go ahead. Oh, he's he. It, 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 it was those that we were like, hey, okay. Part of what, we, I mean, we we enjoy beer. We go to breweries. We go to, we go to festivals, but now we typically go to festivals that are, you know, specific. Like here in Atlanta, uh, what, what we got up at uh, Pontoon, we have a, oh gosh, the Brownie Bash. You know, that's all dessert stouts. Or you have small beer up at Good Word that's uh, uh, low ABV beer. Um, so those are the ones we find ourselves at, not just the tr- traditional uh, beer festivals now, just because we're, we're always trying things, tasting other people's thing. And then we kind of go back, and this is why we typically – sort of play, you know, we the beer we made this weekend, we, we were going to add clove and cumin to it. And we kind of didn't use the clove, but amped up the cumin. Um, uh, mm-hmm. So we, 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 we drink everywhere. We did a Black is Beautiful beer with them. Um, we're probably going to do it again this fall because it was a stout. So we'll probably do it, brew it in September so it's available over the, you know, end of October, November, December time frame. Okay. Here with our culture, uh, that's a sour that they're releasing, I want to say next weekend, uh, not too distant future. Oh, nice. Does anybody else have any questions for William? I've been told that I that I uh, do all the questions, so nobody has any. So I have that habit, <laughs> William. Um, so we'll see you at Barrel and Flow uh, yeah. coming in August. Yes, and we're gonna and we're gonna have Joyland back again, which you know, which is. Beer brewed with grits. Um, it's a cream ale, so it's light, so it's not a not you know it's a it's it's an excellent summer beer. So we'll have because we had that there last year and they wiped it out. And um, we're bringing another beer called Just Us. So it's a brown ale that is named after the neighborhood that eventually became Spellman Morehouse, uh, Clark, Atlanta. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, one of those things like that was the neighborhood before the BCU sort of took root around it. It was like a hill, an elevated area. Uh, and it was just us because that's where we were allowed to sort of live at the time. 
um, um, so we we we're gonna we're also gonna have that at the Spell House. So when um, the Morehouse Spellman uh, Homecoming. Oh, so nice! That's wonderful. We're reintroducing. We'll have the just uh, just in time for that as well. Okay, William, you said something that kind of stirred my spirit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna still taste it because it's you. And you have told me so much, but I am one of the black people that do not like grit. <laughs> you would not have told me that. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's going to go off mute. That's disrespectful, Angie. That is disrespectful. I'm so sorry. I think grit smell. They have uh, odor. I do not eat it, Sam. I am. But but I'm going to hope maybe I can drink it. Maybe there's still hope for me. You won't be able to taste the grits in the beer, especially in a cream ale. I feel like it would be, it, it wouldn't overpower the beer to the point where you would know it was brewed with grits. Well, but what did he say? Cream ale said, oh, my my eyes just started thinking about grits just being mixed up and just like. <laughs> I don't eat grits either. <laughs> who said that? Who's my, who, who's my ultra, my. Oh, I always tell people you gotta try. What's the word? Yeah. You know, man, you guys are disappointing me, man. You like it? But, I just lost sorry. faith in like, 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 like two or three people here. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, is story. We were it, uh, cream ale is typically brewed with like corn or flake corn. Mm -hmm. and when we were brewing. We could not find any plate corn, and grits is made from corn. So, Kev went to Kev went to Walmart, Kroger, Publix, and bought up all the instant grits. <laughs> <laughs> the brewery is like couldn't find corn. This is what I got, and we were like, okay. The ingenuity it's, alone. Is well, like, it's honestly genius. It works. I mean, like you said, it's grits are made from corn, so it works. And so I didn't realize that when you were talking about maybe it being at the Brave Stadium, that's the perfect beer, like something light, easy drinking. So I'm I haven't tried that, but I'm excited to try it. Yeah, we had it. That they had it down. So you know, I shared our process. So a lot, you know, a lot of uh, of new a lot of brewers of color black brown however you want to want to define it we we end up getting in this space through contract brewing i.e paying someone else to make our beer while we build up the brand and um and so we we are no different than crown yeah you know and most a majority of us know each other whether it's rhythm or celeste or or all you know we talk we all you know because we're all trying to get open and be open in the way that we feel will allow us to be successful um uh, but you know it was it was like with as i said the way the grit beer came up we we had it at barrel and flow last september uh a lot of people tried it just because it had grits in it um but it is actually a light beer. It's in the mash, so it's not actually once it's you know once the the water 
you know, is drained out of the mass, the grits are still with the mass. So, uh, um, but it was also different. And we, we, we were, we've been trying to figure out how much did we use because he just dropped it off and he had to go to work. <laughs> so, so Corby and I were there opening packets of instant grits. I kid you not. So, but that's part of the fun of, 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 you know, beer is you, you know, uh, I think you mentioned earlier, sometimes you have happy accidents. And so we've sort of dialed in on that one. And I go back to the name. Joyland was like the perfect name for it. You know, that's, that's a summer beer. You know, the, we have this African-American artist who's, uh, who's designing our, you know, designing us a, a, a couple of our labels now. And, you know, uh, yeah, I want people to think about going out to the amusement park because that's what it's about. But guess what? Back then, we we had our own park. Um, uh, and now we can all go to an amusement park. So, right. yeah. And just like you didn't have access to the flake corn, you create your own situation. So nice. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Kendrick. I'm just still on this grits thing, but um, um, but for me, of course, I'm always asking about it at brews. What's the highest ABV beer that you've made? The highest is 13. Um, and it's a barley. We've done stouts that have been close. Um, you know, the ones that we've had in distribution have typically been not as big. Um, you know, we've had a couple of stouts in there at nine. Uh, uh, an IPA, you, you kind of get what I'm saying, but the ones, you know, part of, part of, I already got a barrel program plan once we open it. I already know what, you know, all right, we got to do this. And we get, you know, we used to, one of the, uh, one of the things that we've done is we've also looked at different sort of, you know, when you homebrew, you typically, you don't necessarily have a ba- barrel. And what you do is typically soak, get like oak chips or cedar chips or some other type of wood chips and soak it in a liquor. And then you suspend it in uh, the beer after it's sort of fermented the first time. Um, and it picks up the flavor and it also boosts the ABV to typically over 10. You know, we've played with, uh, Southern Comfort, uh, Amaretto, um, you, you, you know, several other type of flavored alcohol. If I, th- is the, I think that's kind of the better way to sort of say it because of what it brings to the party. You know, um, uh, we, we've done stouts and brown ales with that, that have had, you know, that's been on uh, uh, Southern Comfort Oak Chips. And we've had people just rave <laughs> about it because you, you're not going to... Uh, but 
we play in the big game. We haven't pushed anything higher than 14 yet, but part of getting our own space allows us to be able then to really sort of dive into sort of creating something along the spectrum from, from uh, you know, a 14 percenter uh, or higher to, you know, we don't, we don't like to do anything less than five, but, you know, kind of the way the market works is you got to have something that people can drink 50 of or, how, you know, 20 of. Nice. Now, 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 did I see, or maybe this is a wild bag, doesn't Georgia have like ABV laws or something to where you can't sell like a certain percentage or something like that? The highest percentage for beer you can sell is uh, 13.9. Can't be poured. 13.9. Damn. Uh-oh. Well, we in trouble, Kendrick. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We got to just slide up on the side. Let's just say it's home. But... Right. That's, so now I understand why everybody was going nuts when I, I bought, a, I still had a false idol, the Montero one. Oh, yeah. They were losing. They were losing their shit because of seventeen percent. It was like the the Monstro. Yeah, that one. I said Montero, but Monstro. Yeah, yeah. that's in my that's in my fridge right now. It's good. It's good. Yes, it is. <laughs> I get excited as I, we drink everything. So we 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 enjoy the big boys to. We had a, when we were in Portland, we had a beer that had been aging since 2008 and it was coming in at 17%. So yeah, man, we we drink it all. We, we like it all. And that's part of what makes it fun for us is to be a part of it and also sort of jump in, uh, to, you know, add our funk to it. That's great. We're going to put our foot in some of these. <laughs> well, that's really Wait, awesome. Those- <laughs> You're breaking up, William. I didn't hear you. I heard you laugh. That's it. Oh, I just said for those who know what putting, putting your foot in it means. Oh, yeah. That was really all that I had. I just have some um, some housekeeping notes, but thank you so much um, for coming and sharing and telling us the story of your of your uh, of your brewery and your plans and a little a couple of little insider tips that are coming up. Really, you know, we love exclusives. Love hearing about that. So. Um, all and, and Angie, as you know, I'm I'm on here from time to time, and sometimes I'm just I'm not on the stage, uh, but I'm listening while I'm cooking dinner or doing doing whatever. I appreciate everything, all y'all, especially the the you know um, the the diehards. I you know this is a wonderful forum to have and and a place where we can come and you know, talk shit and, and, and be about some stuff in the business and things like that. Just thank you for, thank you all for keeping it going. 
absolutely i could not do it without kendrick and chris that's that's our mod squad they keep uh you know we keep things trying to flowing and trying to get people on here to have conversations because uh there are so many breweries that are in all these different nooks and crannies and you never know I might not be able to get to it, but I know a friend of a friend that lives right, you know, 20 minutes away. So I need you to go go and, you know, try it out. So that's the other piece of it. And just, you know, continue to to keep the community, um, you know, lifted. So, yeah, um, I had, Hannah's already left. She must have known I was going to pick on her. But... (laughs) Amber, I have a question for you. If she if she's close to her mic. I think she has there's an event coming up in um Maryland, DC area. They're having a bottle share coming up. I need to um to verify, but it's like a couple of uh two or three black owned breweries that are getting together to do like some type of bottle share event. Um, and I know I saw a picture of her, of Amber looking like she was uh, a news reporter. And I wanted to get more information on that. Cause she just said, I'm doing new things. I was like, well, what are you doing? What is this? Is it something that I can watch? So um, I'll book her and text her and find out, but I will put it in discord. Um, about the uh, the actual event, and Ken, Ken, yeah, come to the table, bro. What are you up to? What's been going on? Uh, a lot of things. <laughs> um, <laughs> staying busy, really. Uh, we got this weekend. We have our June. Event coming up. This is our second. Uh, I hate saying the second annual. This is our annual event. First year, last year was our first time doing it. Um, this year, we're releasing two beers. One is called Jubilee, and the other one is Hot Freak. Uh, Hot Freak was the base IPA that we did, and the Jubilee would be our blood orange version of that. Okay. Uh, and where where is that going to be at? Um, the event. It's going to be at Under the Radar Brewery. Okay. I don't know <clears throat> if you you got a chance to go there uh, when you were in town. Mm. But they as a brewery kind of wanted to work with because I mean they're basically floating by with their name namesake of Under the Radar, and the, the new head brewer over there he's more open to experimenting uh, with new styles and, and new techniques. Because uh, the previous brewery, he was kind of just stuck with his recipe. He wanted to do anything different or new, you know, to get more people into the brewery. And so the new brewery over there, uh, Paul, he was more open to it. My first collaboration with them was the Black and Beautiful during the pandemic. And we just kind of, you know, harbored that relationship. And now we got a staple uh, beer every Juneteenth. We're going to release Jubilee. 
at that brewery and have an event around it. I hope we can get it to grow, you know, as big as we can. That's great. So no, you did that, and then you also did um, an event where you were saving the turtles. It was just like, um, was it a fundraiser oh, that you were doing? Yeah. Um, so it make it short. Um, so I'm a Mason. I don't know if you, most of y'all know what Masons are. I'm pretty sure y'all do. Uh, in in Mason, there is like a, a friendship degree called Turtles. So it's basically a drinking game that you can do, a drinking friendship uh, gathering you can do with friends and family that not necessarily be a part of the organization. And so that organ, that part of the of Masonry is all about charity work. And since uh, May 23rd is National Save a Turtle Day, uh, I thought it would be cool to try to test the waters and see how that would turn out, to see how many people would come out and in support of Drink a Beer, Save a Turtle Day. And I don't think no one had a problem with that. <laughs> uh, so it, it was it was a success for you know on the fly. Uh, somebody, I think somebody said something. Mm -mm. Somebody said something. Oh, okay. So no, it, was just, it was just something on the fly I wanted to try and see you know where it would go because I mean, we think benefiting the charity organization. Um, that's something we're always gonna you know push for and. I, I can't wait to do it again next year. So this is basically anybody who came in, they drink whatever beer uh, or drink that they drink, the social beer garden, they would match. Basically, they would be a dollar for a drink. Um, so we ended up raising $500, you know, for the, for the turtles. And we uh, sent the checks with them last week oh, nice. on that. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, the titles, those two things and together, my organization got to, you know, try beers that they've never tried before, which has always been my goal to get more people of color into breweries and places, brew clubs, things to drink beer and, and understand what beer actually tastes like. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Angie. I'm here. Hey. Hey. I am in so the Walmart. Sorry. Oh, I had to okay, get to somewhere okay. quiet. <laughs> All right. Well, I, can you, so is your, um, the event that you're doing, is that this week or has it already happened? Yes, it is this Thursday. Um, we have Black Viking and Urban Garden Brewing coming um, with some of their beer. And I believe Sankofa and Patuxent have donated some beer um, for the beer share along with whatever folks arrive with um but yeah it's gonna be at goodies which is a black owned frozen custard shop here in alexandria virginia and we're collabing to you know we kind of just want to create a space one where there's there's no black beer events in virginia ever <laughs> so we kind of wanted to create that space to just kind of have something to highlight the black brewers in our area um and yeah, hopefully this is a good turnout because we'd like to make it a series, um, like every few weeks, monthly, I guess you would say. Um, but yeah, we're lo really looking forward to it. We did have a few who weren't able to make it this time because of previous engagements, like um, Drew with uh, Liquid Intrusion, because mm -hmm. he's going up to Philly for Matt's event. Um, 
but he's already said he's down for any future events. Just let him know the dates. Um, and same thing with uh, Sankofa and Patuxent as well, um, actually coming in person. So I'm pretty excited about it. That's why I'm actually at the Wally World, is getting some last minute supply stuff that I, I want to bring. But yeah, um, and in reference to what you were talking about, um, the post you saw, I, I'm in a um, racial equity fellowship right now. And as a part of that, they do weekly updates and they have a whole studio here in DC. So I got roped into doing it. <laughs> um, I won't be on every single week, but um, yeah, it's a little on camera, little update show that we have within our fellowship that also goes out to our corporate stakeholders and community partners as well. So that's what that was about. And can you watch it? I can send it to you if you want to watch it. Because okay. um, it's, it's, it's updates of what's going on with the fellowships and um, all of our pillars within the community, such as bridging the digital divide, racial equity, um, and contracting, um, mining in Oakland, and early ed early childhood education, food equity. So we got a lot of really cool stuff happening right now. So I definitely can send it to you. Okay. Yeah, I would love to um, put that in Discord to for me because that's something that can that can speak to everyone. So yeah, I would love to yeah. have that, watch that and um, share it. So yeah, and I've been speaking with some other, oh, I'm sorry, but I've been okay. speaking with some of the people within the organization, mainly about like what I'm doing with the event and you all as a community. Um, so I would say be on the lookout because as we have our fellow meetups and um, events in different states, they are looking to support Black wineries, Black breweries, Black caterers, um, and other Black businesses. So I'm taking note of everybody who is here, you know, so that I can reach out and put you all on um, if we're having an event in your state or area. Oh, absolutely. That's great. I know that we are we've past the time. Uh, let's see. Can you got something? No, go ahead. That was okay. Um, next week we're gonna have um, beer on tap, um, and then the last week, the last week of June is going to be. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Black Girl on Tap, and the last Monday, the 27th, is gonna be beer and dating. So that's going to be uh, a talk with me and some ladies and hopefully we'll get also a man's perspective. That will not be on replays because I'm sure I'm going to have beer and brown liquor and I'll have things on my chest that I don't want anybody to, re to record. <laughs> but, uh, but we're going to have some fun with that. And if you're not a part of Discord, please uh, join Discord. This will be on replay. So if there's somebody that missed it, it'll, it will be available after we uh, leave. So you can uh, listen to it or share it. So feel free to do that. And again, we thank William. Thank you for your time and your talent. And we hope to see you very, very soon.
Thanks for coming to Being Black on Craft. We don't apologize for recognizing our influence in craft beer. And we will see you next Monday.